Yo, welcome to the podcast for uh, this Thanksgiving week, the end of Thanksgiving weekend for Sunday, November 29th. I'm going to do a little uh, Ask Me Anything. I went to social media. I said, hey, ask me anything. No holds barred. Personal, professional, past professions, current professions, future professions for that matter. What do you want to know? And uh, we did get a decent amount of questions. I do want to start off by saying that uh, one person, literally one person, commented that they enjoyed my hip-hop talk on the last podcast. Literally one person. (laughs) I'm not like one of those people who will be like, so many people are telling me, or everyone is saying. No, I'm going to be honest with you. Literally one guy said, oh, I like when you talked about the hip-hop. So I'm here to do it again for 10 quick seconds, and that is Kanye West is back. Man, Kanye's got a banger. Nah, nah, nah. I love that song. That new Kanye, nah, nah. I don't care as much for the remix. The 2 Chains and the DaBaby. Uh, but I do like the Kanye, nah, nah, nah. I feel like Kanye's back. Good for Kanye. Okay. Uh, ask me anything. Here we go. I'm going to start with the Twitter, I do believe. Move into the Facebook. And then head on over to the Instagram after that. So, here we go. Uh, And I will just go in order as well. So, the first question is one of my favorites, and it is from my old coworker, the great cynical mother, Deanna King, who wants to know, what should one put on corn on the cob? Any unique ideas? I'm so glad you asked this, Deanna, because I finally get the opportunity to tell this story. Some old uh, We Show listeners might remember me getting made fun of a lot for recommending salt and butter on corn on the cob. Let me tell the story the way I remember it. Finally uninterrupted, too, because I would occasionally try to clear the air on the Wheeze show, and I would just always get interrupted and talked over and, like, never got the chance to. So, all right, one day, Wheeze is off, and it's me, Marianne, and Deanna doing the show. And we do ask Wheeze, but, you know, ask Polly, Deanna, Marianne. And somebody says, do you have any tricks for corn on the cob? And I am about, here's the answer I was going to give, okay? The answer I was going to give was, hey, you can always just do butter and salt, but can I recommend getting a much higher quality butter and buying yourself a higher quality salt? Like I buy salt, uh, Seneca salt, and I also use Amish butter, creamier butter, and it's delicious. But if you're really looking for something unique to do, Pull back the actual, don't husk the corn, just pull the the things back. Rub garlic and butter all over the thing, and then close it back up, grill it, and then open it back up and sprinkle Parmesan cheese on it. What ended up happening on the air was I only got to the part where I recommended butter and salt, and then Marianne and Deanna jumped all over me, and they were like, oh, butter and salt, (laughs) mind-blowing. And it was actually very, very funny. Very funny. I miss fun times like that. Um, let's see. David. David says, there are hundreds of regional sauces. Yours is my go-to in the Rochester area. Thank you, David. I once sent you a message about a sauce in the Albany area that was awesome. Would you name one regional sauce outside Rochester that you tried and said, damn, that's good? Um, I'll give you a couple examples, actually. First of all, the regional, it's not regional, it's national, but it's a New York brand, is that Rayo's Homemade. Rayo's is very, very, very good sauce. I remember when I first started our sauce, the first thing I did was go to the store and buy all the other jarred sauces. And, of course, what did my arrogant Italian ass think was that I was going to try all those sauces and think, ah, these all suck, right? Mine's better. In reality, 
Some of them did suck, but some of them are really good. And I remember trying Rayo's, which was like an $8 jar of sauce, and thinking, $8. And then I tried it, and I went, damn, that's good. That is good. And then I did a couple blind taste tests. And to be honest with you, Rayo's won one of those blind taste tests over my stuff. Um, and I won the other one. And Rayo's came in second to the other one. And by the way, the one where Rayo's won, I didn't even come in second. You want to know what came in second? Wegmans. Wegmans just like plain smooth marinara in the plastic bottle came in second place in that one. I did two blind taste tests. So people weren't, they didn't know when they were trying mine or not. They were literally just trying sauces. And one time I came in fourth place out of, I think it was out of 10. And the other time I came in first out of 10. So I thought, you know, look, if I'm coming in first and fourth, that's pretty good. Uh, That was before we ever went to market. Anyway, um, I'll give you another one. I'll give you locals. I'll give you a quote-unquote competitor, even though I don't believe local small little brands are actually competitors of each other. I think we're all kind of on one team competing against the big brands. But uh, Agatina's, Agatina's on the west side just started doing a jarred sauce, and that stuff is good. That is good stuff. Uh, Mike White says, how do you manage family, friends, work-life balance? This is a major, major question, Mike, because I don't have a good answer to this. It is very hard. First of all, I don't have very many friends. Uh, I have friends from back home in Ohio. Uh, I would say my business partner, Tom Riggio, is one of my best friends. Obviously, my wife, my child. But truly just let's hang out and get a beer friends. I don't have a whole lot of friends, and it sucks because, well, obviously the pandemic's making it so we can't hang out. But even without the pandemic, I am just tied up to work, and I'm doing a shitty job of managing work-life balance. Somebody says, have you ever brined a turkey? If so, thoughts on the process. Tried it for the first time, thought it was the best way to eat turkey. Yeah, uh, so I did. Actually, I woke up on Thanksgiving, and I prepared the entire Thanksgiving dinner. My wife helped uh, a little towards the end, and then also my wife made all the pies. So she was a big help. Um, But I did the turkey. I did all the the stuffings, the mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, corn souffle. I did all that stuff. My turkey turned out pretty good. And I didn't even really do a, a, a full brine. What I ended up doing was I sort of just rubbed butter and then a uh, seasoning mix that I came up with all over the thing. And I cut some slits in the skin and, you know, did some butter underneath the the, the, the skin, which I think helped quite a bit as well. Um, somebody, Andrew, says the same thing about work-life balance. He says, we all know uh, it's so important. Has your work-life balance gotten better or worse since leaving radio? People thought I was real busy in radio. I'll tell you the truth, man. I am way busier now than I was when I was in radio. Um, how do you manage the possibility of failure as a business owner? Um, I find it motivational, quite frankly. It's scary as shit. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm afraid of it, and it's there. And it's really scary because uh, when you do own a business – and the situation, at least, that I'm in, and I think a lot of business owners are in this, you can see two paths, and they are both very clear. And one is a path of success, and one is a path of failure. And I can see how we can get there real easily. Both. Both, right? I look at the success, and I'm like, oh, if we this, that, this, and that, we're going to get there. And then I look at failure and I go, geez, if this, that, this, and that happened, we're going to get there. And it scares the shit out of you, but also motivates you, Mike. Thanks for asking. Uh, How would you compare the experience of starting the sauce business from the ground up versus the experience of taking over an established business, i.e. the factory? Starting an established business 
or I'm sorry, starting a business from the ground up, um, I think has tremendous advantage. The huge, the biggest disadvantage, obviously, is you start with absolutely zero business. So you start a business and you have nobody buying your product. You literally have zero money. You start with zero. That's the disadvantage. The advantage is you know every millimeter of that business when you start it from the ground up. Now, acquiring a business has advantage and disadvantage. The advantage to acquiring the business was that I had business already. So I was buying a business that already had business. See what I'm saying? That was an advantage. That let us hit the ground running, basically. Um, the disadvantage is that you don't know where the quote-unquote bodies are buried, right? So you didn't build every millimeter of this thing. You start turning over rocks, and you're not always super happy about what you find when you turn over those rocks. And that was one of the disadvantages of buying a business that was already established. Somebody says, do you miss radio? Uh, rarely, once in a great while, but, you know, once in a while I think I might have a good story to tell. But not that often, but every once in a while I do miss it. So I make a joke. People ask me that all the time. Do you miss radio? I always say, hey, man, you know, I used to sit around and shoot the shit for a living. Now I actually have to work, so. <laughs> uh, somebody says, thoughts on the new Zone AM show. Oh, my God. I am so glad this came up. Oh, my God. I have such a story for you. So, I guess the zone added uh, Jubal in the morning. I thought it was called Brook and Jubal, but I guess they fired Brook. Doesn't surprise me. Oh my God, we used to play Brook and Jubal on Kiss one hundred six seven Kiss FM, and I remember the day they added this show. Right, it was a big hoopla. It was like, oh, we're adding, we're adding Brook and Jubal to the Kiss. Isn't it amazing? I remember I go in one more. I, I go in like the first morning they're going to be on. At like 5.30 a.m., I walk into the studio, and I start playing some segments because the shit's all recorded, right? It's not live. So I start playing the segments that are going to air that day, and I – wait a minute. Hold on. My car's making noises. Do you hear that? It's scaring the shit out of me. What the hell's going on? I don't know. Okay. Sorry. Never mind. I'm sitting in my driveway right now in my car, and I turn my car off, and it's like – I don't know. Something was happening. <laughs> I'm scared. Okay. Anyway, um, I go in and I and I hit play and I listen to a segment or two. And it is the most god awful shit I have ever heard. I mean, it is just like the hackiest of the hackiest of the hackiest radio. Okay. So Tias, the program director at the time, happens to be in the other room. And for once I'm thinking, okay, for once, thank God I'm thinking and I don't put my foot in my mouth. I walk in the studio where he is, and I'm like, hey, Tius. I go, so who whose idea was it to put Brooke and Jubal on Kiss? <laughs> and he goes, oh, that was me. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. I think they're great. And I just went, yeah. <laughs> and then I just left. <laughs> so I was like, oh, good. It's like, I didn't want to put my foot in my mouth. But, oh, my God. And then to be honest with you, all I heard was complaints about how corny it was. Like, that was all I got. It was just over and over. People would just be like, what's up with that new show on Kiss? Ugh, it's puke. It's like pukey radio, bit radio. Uh, hey, good for him. Look, at the end of the day, Jubal, if somehow you're hearing this, you will be fine. I'm the loser. Because let me explain to you who else I thought sucked the first time I heard him. Uh, Bobby Bones. And he's now the king of the fucking world. So obviously, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Because the first time I ever heard Bobby Bones, I was like, uh, this shit ain't going to work. And then he blew up. So, obviously, obviously, you know something I don't. You're right. I'm wrong. 
Uh, I do think, though, just to say, getting rid of Rover was a mistake. That's like a little cult. And radio does not have the advantage anymore of trying to be mass appeal. Radio has to be cultish at this point. That's its only chance is to play to small little to small little like cult audiences. So uh, getting rid of a show that has a little cult audience is a mistake because a show like in 2020, you can't just launch a show without any street cred. You know what I mean? Like there's got to be the, 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 the personalities have to be over in that market. And when I say over, I'm using a pro wrestling term, right? You have to be the, the personalities have to be someone that in that market they want to hear from them. And Jubal does not have a name in this market. There's no notoriety for this guy. So this thing's going to probably fail, uh, unfortunately. Uh, why is your warehouse address Apple Tree Burgeon, but actually in another location? I don't know what you're talking about. Our warehouse is on Apple Tree Avenue in Burgeon. Okay. Who's your favorite sibling and why? That's from my brother, and uh, you are my favorite sibling, David. You are also my least favorite sibling, if that matters. Um, let's see here. Um, somebody's asking about the pictures from our Thanksgiving spread. I do believe we sent those. Uh, I, I should post those, actually. You're right. I do want to post those. Uh, okay. Here we go. In the uh, Let me go to Facebook. Sorry. I know I'm kind of all over the place here, but I'm trying to move fast here. I'm going in order. Uh, if a large brand, Ragu or Prego, came to you and wanted to buy Guglielmo sauce for a great price, would you do it? What would your demands be? Depends on how great of a price. I mean, if somebody came to me with a billion dollars... I, I have to tell you right now, I would have to say yes to that. Because if I said no, my grandfather would literally come down from heaven and punch me in the face. So, you know, it depends on, it literally depends on the dollar amount. For a legit, for a billion dollars, of course I would sell my business. Of course. For a realistic offer, something a little bit more realistic, I probably would not. I'm having too much fun. What variety of sauces are you still looking to create? Still want to do an Alfredo. Just don't quite have the machinery to be able to do it yet. Uh, Todd Halliday, my old coworker, how is it your family came to be chosen for the Thanksgiving story in the Wall Street Journal? Oh, this two things. First, I'd like to tell the story, and second, I'd like to take a shot at my uh, former uh, coworkers here. I do like Todd, but I will say for some reason, Todd and many of my other former coworkers were just perplexed anytime I got any press. They were like, who wants to hear from this guy? <laughs> um, I used to like when we were in the Wall Street Journal. My wife was like, "Do you miss working in radio?" So you know you could go in tomorrow morning, and everyone would literally ignore you and pretend they had no idea you were in the Wall Street Journal. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, mm, a little toxic." Um, here's what happened, Todd. Honestly, what happened? I'm at my plant, and I'm getting ready to leave to do my New York kitchen class. It's like 4:45 p.m., and my phone rings, and it's this Massachusetts number, and I have my uh, phone number on. Every jar of sauce that we send out, we're in some stores in Massachusetts. So I'm like, let me answer this. Uh, it's a woman who identifies herself as a reporter from the Wall Street Journal. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is huge. And first I think she's going to talk to me about the sauce or about my factory. It was complete coincidence. Nothing to do with the sauce. Nothing to do with the factory. This woman had an idea. This reporter had an idea that it would be a great thing to do a story on people who are making Thanksgiving dinner for the first time ever. And so in order to find people, she went on Twitter and typed in, you know, a couple keywords like Thanksgiving first time. And my tweet popped up where I said, we've made the tough decision to not travel to Ohio. Where do you recommend we get our turkey? And my number 
is on my Twitter profile because I put my cell phone number everywhere. So she literally just cold called me. I just got cold called and ended up on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. That's it. That's the real story. People think it's some, like, my wife is, look, my wife is an amazing PR agent, but this was legit, complete coincidence. Uh, Somebody says, will you ever release the redacted part of the podcast with the guys from the zone? I'll be honest with you, probably not. Here's why. It was filled with anger, and I do not want to be that guy. I do not want to just go anger, anger, anger. It was filled with me being angry about uh, some of the things that happened in the last six or nine months. Do you remember the podcast I did a month ago where I kind of give a calm, level-headed version of why I left? Okay, so the 20 minutes I did with the Zone guys was the angry, listen to this shit version of the story where I was all pissed off and calling names and shit. (laughs) So I don't want that out there. I'm embarrassed. Uh, also, what was the most challenging morning at the radio station? How did that impact the rest of your career? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, this is a tough one. I want to try and do this with... I think I have a good story to share for this that will show frustration but will also be fair to all parties involved. I had a... Uh, when I first started with the Wii Show in 2010, um, I uh, the first thing, the commercial breaks when I first started were as follows. It was like we would do these two long commercial breaks every hour and then they were eight minutes each, and then we would do this one two-minute commercial break. And I had read Howard Stern's book, Private Parts, and in Howard Stern's book, he talked about being on the air for long periods of time and taking longer commercial breaks. And while the long commercial breaks suck, being on the air for a long time kind of gives the audience this sense that you are um, not just playing too many commercials, that you know if you're doing 20, 30, 40 straight minutes, but then you play a bunch of commercials, it's better than if you do eight minutes and then play eight minutes of commercials and then eight minutes and then eight minutes of commercials. It's better to do like you know a, a different ratio, more talk, more commercials, as opposed to little talk, little commercial, little talk, little commercial. So I convinced the bosses back in 2010 that we should switch to two commercial breaks an hour and uh, make them a little bit longer and that we should place them at the top and the bottom of the hour because I figure people get to work at 7 o'clock or 7.30 or 8 o'clock or 8.30 or 9 o'clock. So we wanted to be on the air from 7.40 until 8. Then we'll go to commercial from 8 until 8.09, and then we're on the air from 8.09 till 8.30 with the idea being wherever you have to go, you probably have to get there at, I don't know, 8.30. So let's, and being with Rochester's average commute is like 14 minutes let's make sure the 14 minutes leading up to any time anyone has to be anywhere is always commercial free so we made that change in 2010 we stuck with it for about six years and uh in between 2010 and 2016 in fairness we were always somewhere between number two and number four in the ratings i think there's some exceptions in there and don't you know listen don't quote me on that i'm sure we had one or two dips we never were to number one i know that but uh we were mostly second third or fourth and then in like 2016-ish, uh, Weez decides he wants shorter commercial breaks, which of course sounds great. But in order to achieve shorter commercial breaks, you have to play more commercial breaks. So Weez decides he wants to do three commercial breaks an hour, six minutes each. And the way we were doing it was two commercial breaks an hour, nine minutes each. And I implored him. I went, Wheeze, it's going to sound like we're playing more commercials. Because nine minutes is a really long time, but six minutes is a long time too. Nobody's going to hear six minutes of commercials and be thankful it was only six minutes. They're going to hate it. And when we play three six-minute commercial breaks an hour, it's going to seem like more commercials. Because we're stopping 
three times an hour instead of our current way where we're only stopping twice an hour. So either way, it's 18 minutes of commercials. Uh, my way, we stop twice. Your way, we stop three times. Well, he didn't want to hear it, right? He says, absolutely not. He goes, you know, uh, I got to play playing less commercials, less, com-, you know, and he gets it in his head. So he goes to the bosses. The bosses call me in the next day, and they go, what do you think? And I lay it on them. I go, I don't like it. It's going to seem like it's more commercials. And this is my so in here maybe the last guy who asked the question about you know uh, the redacted twenty minutes I'll show you a little frustration here. They sit in that meeting that day and they tell me you're right. They go yeah you're right yeah it's not the right move. We can't go to three commercial breaks. It's it's the wrong move. It's going to sound like we're making more commercial. We're playing more commercials. You're you're right. You're right. So I'm like okay great you know. Because I think that's the right move. And I'm a little worried because I know Pete Weeze is going to be pissed. But I'm like, you know, it's the right move. So, like, two days later, I get an email from the bosses saying, we've made the decision to go to three commercial breaks on the Weeze show. And I'm going, what the fuck is this? I'm like, the last I heard, we're staying at two. Like, what is this? You know? And uh, basically... You know, I ask, and, and the excuse I was given was like, oh, it's all sales' fault. Sales, here's the opportunity of three commercial breaks. What do they hear? The opportunity to do three live reads, because, you know, you do a live read into every commercial break. And now they can play traffic three times an hour and weather three times an hour and add sponsors and sponsors and, you know, more sponsors and more live reads. And so they, they like three. So just the, the fact that the idea of three got floated out there, they immediately glommed onto it. Now we're stuck with it. We got to do three. That was the most challenging morning. Uh, that I'm willing to share with you because I just I thought we were making the wrong move I I felt as though I had made my case and yet still here we are right whatever uh let's see here where was I what why do you think people refuse to wear a face covering out in public buildings um I'm not gonna get overly political here but you know some people just don't think until look there's just flat out some people in this world that until things affect them they don't think it's real or they don't take it seriously until it affects them personally my mother says if you could manufacture another kind of food what would it be i've wanted to do meatballs for a long time frozen meatballs almost came close a couple of times to doing frozen meatballs uh jesse chicali as a fellow business owner what issues keep you up at night oh jesse oh my god that's jesse chicali that is my Oh, holy crap, that's my boss's wife. Steve, so uh, Steve Cicchelli is actually my merchant at Wegmans and essentially holds the keys to my life because if he dropped me, I'd be screwed. Um, Jesse, issues keep me up at night. It's it's honestly, it's right now in my new role as sort of plant manager, plant owner, it's every client needs everything tomorrow. Right. It's like just everybody has these expectations. Things have to be ready tomorrow. And I don't have it in me yet to say no. Right. I just like I say yes to everybody and everything. And then I end up like right now. What is it? It's nine. It's 10 o'clock Saturday night. I just got back from the plant because I went in to make a batch of something for somebody who desperately needed it. It's it's quality. Right. Quality control. It's client relations. It's everything keeps me up at night. But ultimately, what keeps me up at night? The number one answer to this is. I have employees now, and my employees have kids, and I can't fail because of that. I keep thinking to myself, these are real people who are actually depending on me now. And while I love that, I absolutely love that, it scares the shit out of me. 
and it keeps me up at night. Absolutely keeps me up at night. That and also not getting sauce to your husband fast enough, too. That makes me, keeps me up at night. <laughs> uh, Instagram. Let me see what I had on Instagram. I think there was a f- not as many on Instagram. By the way, the new cookbook came out today. I don't know if you heard about that. Did you hear about the new cookbook that came out today? Yes, I am featured in a cookbook. Remember, it was when Sip and Saver was on a few episodes ago. Uh, it is called A Seat at the Table, Recipes from Rochester Chefs. And it is now available. You can find the link on any of my social media accounts. It is there. Amanda, my neighbor, says, who's your favorite neighbor? Um, Anna, to be honest with you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, Lynn says, how did you meet your wife and when did you know she was the one? I met my wife. She was actually an intern at the radio station. That's very embarrassing, but she was many, many years ago. And I knew she was the one because she was overwhelmingly positive. My wife is like the most positive person in the world. And I just loved that and wanted to be around it. It was magnetic to me. And I just fell in love with her. I fell in love with just this optimistic, happy, all the time, happy, 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 happy person. Just loved it more than anything. Still do to this day. Uh, how much of a bitch was Kimberly Ray? I really should have read these ahead of time. How much of a bitch was Kimberly Ray? Seems like a huge one. Yeah, I mean, you know. it's Look, I, I, I can say one thing to defend her. Ultimately, yeah, yeah. You might you might have had her right. You might be getting it right there. But uh, I could say one thing is she was a hard worker and she knew what she wanted and she had high demands and she wanted her radio show to put out a lot of content. She she wanted to do a lot of work. And for that, I, I have respect. For that, I'm like, yes, mad respect. Let's get a lot of work done. Where she came off as a bitch was unrealistic expectations, you know, Phone ringing, Facebook post needs to go up right now. Why don't we have this other person on the phone? Meanwhile, you have to be making a trending promo in the other room. Like, all of these things all at the same time. Why haven't you read my mind and made these things happen yet? And in some cases, you can anticipate what she'll want. And in other cases, it could come completely out of left field. But I would say it was just unrealistic expectations from her that was the most uh, difficult thing to deal with because sometimes she would just want a lot of things to happen right at the same time that were just n- literally just impossible. And that was where it could sometimes come off that way. Any plans for any new varieties of sauce? Well, usually I do do a new sauce, like a collaboration or something in the uh, spring, but I'll tell you the truth. If the pandemic continues on, we got to hunker down and just stick with our biggest skews, our biggest flavors. We have to. Because uh, otherwise we'll just uh, we'll get left behind, or we won't have something on the shelf that needs to be on the shelf. I think that's it. Did I get this done in a half hour? Yeah, twenty-seven minutes, half hour. I like it. Very good. Nah, nah, nah. All summer. Nah, nah, nah. I'm telling you, check out Kanye's back. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. By the way, uh, maybe we'll do another. Ad- maybe I'll try and do one of these every few months or so, so you can get your questions in. Thanks for listening.